Don texted me the other day. He said, the thought of the day is mental illness is actually social oppression. Discuss. My immediate thought was, ooh, now you're talking my language. <laughs> and I brought my hands together. And what was your reply? And I couldn't reply because it's too big a subject. So I said, let's do a podcast. And then here we are. You said it's too big for a text. It is too big, isn't it? Why did you text me that? I had a lecture at university that was all about disability more generally. Mental illness was a part of that. And social oppression. Yeah. And that is what inspired my text, because I knew you liked that kind of thing. Yeah. Now, now I'm thinking, yeah, come over to the dark side. <laughs> come over to what dark yeah, side? because it is like the dark side, isn't it? Social oppression. Well, I'm thinking of iconoclast subjects, tearing the established idea down. Yeah, some people react badly to it, don't oh, they? Yeah. they? Yeah, and I think... Get very defensive. Exactly, yeah. If they If there's identified with that um <clears throat> ideology or well it's more than an ideology it's like a hegemony hege- yeah hegemony and uh, well it's it's the dominant idea that oh mental illness is real and we need to <laughs> medicate it and we need to yes you know your anger makes you powerful <laughs> <laughs> but yeah before we start we should say a few things just to sort of preface it i think because okay. I think that these discussions can be misinterpreted quite a lot in a number of ways. And I've made a little list of those ways that we want to make sure that people don't think that we are A, invalidating people's identity, B, dismissing pain and suffering, C, implying malingering, and D, conspiracy theory. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was. <laughs> now we can just say whatever we want. Right? <laughs> I was really apprehensive before this podcast again. We could either offend, yeah, people that live with mental illness, yeah, and however, whatever that means for them, and also like pe- academics, people that write about it, who are like, "Are oh, these who are these guys to be?" Yeah, but they don't even know what a podcast is, Tom. What this <laughs> what this podcast is is real talk. Hashtag real talk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to be like, oh, we we read in this journal. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. That's just one type of knowledge. This is real talk. Mm. That's the type of knowledge too. Can you? Can you? I think you can integrate them. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You can have a bit of both. There's room for both. I'd like yeah. to think. I bet there's some pretty cool academics out there who podcast, know what a podcast is, and also write yeah, in journals. Yeah. yeah. But there's more people listening to podcasts than reading journals. Probably. Definitely. Yeah, journals are really inaccessible to many yeah. people. So you know, the to terminology they use, it's just like it's elitism. too. Yeah, it yeah. can be elitist, but it's just even... You have to pay to read them. Sometimes you have to pay to read them. Most and of the time. That's, that's and they don't make the information issue. accessible to the public, even when the public's funding a lot of them. Mm. It's a hierarchy, isn't it? Yeah. It's a hierarchy. Should we just distill exactly what we're talking about? I have something that informed my thoughts yeah. around it a little bit. A very small article... Um, by Pam Thomas, Lorraine Gradwell and Natalie Markham from 1997. So it's a few years old. Go on, 20, read it. 21 years old. Hit it. Um, defining impairment within the social model of disability. And I won't read it verbatim, but I will say that it's trying to delineate or describe the differences between disability and impairment. They define the two different terms in the following ways. Disability 
is the disadvantage or restriction of activity caused by a society which takes little or no account of people who have impairments and thus excludes them from mainstream activity. Example? We're talking like, oh, you can't come in here because we don't have a disabled ramp, for, for instance. I'll go one further. So you've got a building that has a disabled entrance. However, that's round the back because that was the yeah. most convenient way. And other so-called mainstream normal people go in the front way. That's discrimination. And they'll say because it's not cost effective to do it. Or yeah, there'll be loads of reasons why they'll say, you know, and some people say, oh, well, we've done enough. We've got one entrance. But at the end of the day, 100 years ago, when black people had to go around to a different entrance or mm. sit in a different part of the bus that has now been considered racism but for us because it's under it's there's a different context behind it different thinking behind it it's perfectly acceptable to have your disabled access there and the different entrance but how do people in a wheelchair or whoever need to use that ramp feel feel yeah. about being so different and how do they really feel about it they may you know many people might not talk about it but you know i think that's massive discrimination mm. uh, akin to racism and um, sexism. Yeah, I remember seeing a survey a few years ago that was talking about discrimination and the most discriminated against groups in England today or the UK. And the top one, travelling communities, and the second were um, people with mental health problems. Crack on with more? Well, the impairment, so that was disability. Impairment is a characteristic feature or attribute within an individual which is long-term and may or may not be the result of disease, genetics or injury and may, one, affect that individual's appearance in a way which is not acceptable to society and or affect the function of that individual's mind or body either because of or regardless of society and or cause pain, fatigue, affect communication and reduce consciousness. So it's sort of saying how impairment... Um, is the maybe the individual experience or characteristic mm. within a it person, and the disability is more what's put on it. Yeah. This is where I come How back. society conceptualizes it, yeah, and mm. and treats it social oppression. This yeah. is the social impression. I mean, the the disabled entrance was one quite stark example who someone at my on my course really highlighted and I thought it was quite powerful especially just that thought of thinking of like yeah the racist stuff that used to happen yeah that may still happen in parts of the world and how we we are treating people with in wheelchairs and you know having to use separate entrances there's a word for it isn't it ableism right mm. yeah 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 totally mental health people don't have that today we don't even have our own word <laughs> we've got stigma yeah. And the side people say, Oh, we can we can't stigmatise the mentally ill and then like, Oh I don't put my milk in my tea at the same time as the bag and there'll be a stigma against that. Taboo. Mm, I feel yeah. like it's a bit too much of a acute word to actually describe what you're talking about. So I think every time someone says stigma, they're really talking about oppression and discrimination and prejudice, which are the function is that's the function of stigma and how it operates isn't it yeah we just don't want to name it well you know for all the channel 4 documentaries and i i question channel 4's <laughs> history of yeah. documentaries and some of the stuff they've brought out like benefit street and whatever um poverty porn poverty yeah where they're just making money from advertising <clears throat> revenue yeah. and whatever by putting a poorest people on tvs and cheap to make like a like a you know circus freak i think it's horrendous so but I, you look at Ruby Wax and Stephen Fry documentaries and how they're trying to sort of 
and it has merit in how it's trying to maybe bring real mental illness into people's homes and show what bipolar really looks like what depression really looks like for certain individuals mm. um but i still elevated individuals yeah mm. and and they and in fairness to them they've highlighted other people within mm. those documentaries yeah. um it's however i know as someone with a mental health diagnosis how scared and how i still feel 2018 about talking about my mental illness to people apart to anyone apart from those I really really trust mm. and that, so that everyone that listens to this podcast <laughs> well I can talk about it now because it's you and me yeah and whoever listens to this is gonna ha- can't have their own view on it aren't they yeah um, I can only go on what I feel when I sit in a room with people and they're sharing or uh, I'm at a job interview or yeah. I'm anywhere and something comes up that's relevant to my past with mental illness and I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. How I feel self-conscious <laughs> when my family, certain family members, um, raise a, an eyebrow, an issue, and and yeah. may infer my mental illness. And I'll be like, well, I don't. You know, it's just you start to feel uncomfortable. Being, and yeah. Unaccepted. That, yeah, because I think both both of us must have some personal experience of being oppressed through a mental health diagnosis, mm. right? Mm. Mm pinning someone down and injecting them with a drug against their will because of the way they're thinking is a form of oppression, isn't it? <laughs> Massively. Yeah. Massively. And every time you go to the doctors and they, they won't look at you in the eye and they'll tell you you've got to take this medication or you won't live a real life or that you will go crazy again. That's a form of oppression. Totally. Every time they say you've got this diagnosis, that means that you can't have a job. That's a form of oppression, isn't it? Yeah. Like you won't be able to have any sort of job mm. that involves any kind of skill or expertise or anything that's above like stacking shelves or anything like that mm, definitely so it's just basically anytime someone limits what you can do through a label isn't it yeah whatever that label might be whether it's you're a disabled person you're a mentally ill person mm. you can't do these things because you're this and it's not always made apparent to people no it's it's subtle it's embedded. It's, yeah. a, it's an embedded form of oppression. It's not even conscious in society or, or individuals. And and I think it's important to say there are individuals I know of in who are practitioners in the NHS or mm. around mental illness and mental health that are aware of some of these issues or many of these issues. And, and you do, fucking hope so. Yeah, there are. Yeah. I feel there are. And they try and, within the constrictions of what you're talking about yeah. and the embedded nature of this attitude mm, culture isn't it yeah that they try and challenge it they try and consider what the person is really capable of and yeah. you know so i think that's important to highlight but yeah i do i totally feel that that happens and that goes on and that that is just happening all the time people with mental illness in some ways an ex-human you know sub-human. you're not the yeah subhuman you're, you're, you're different yeah and you you've been branded and that's it and this is going to affect you and I know there are people that identify with it and they have found some salvation in it yeah that's how it feels salvation that word yeah. <laughs> they're like oh yes I have an answer I have this diagnosis and it makes sense and it explains why I've been this way and this medication helps me and they completely subscribe to that yeah belief and idea and and live their lives with it um, and happily and if that's what's important then yes um, I, I, that's, but that's not everyone's 
experience, is it? Definitely not. And people aren't given a choice. So I don't. I don't think that my my sort of goal for all of this sort of stuff is that it's not that we do away with diagnoses necessarily. It's that people are given a choice. Mm. I think that's what's most important because people aren't presented with a choice. They're told to accept this rather than you could accept this. We could accept this. Well, here's another way of thinking of it. And that's about power, I think, isn't it? If you're a doctor and you're like, yeah, this is one way of looking at it, but there's this other way, that makes you less powerful because you don't even know what's going on. Mm. right? And we look to those people to know what's going on. I, I wonder how far individuals and society, people, you know, the community, are prepared to take equality and when I talked about that example with the wheelchair and having separate entrances mm. and how that's discrimination, I, I said that in a room full of people where I work, um, where they were talking about moving the main entrance of the building and however the new place wouldn't ha- have wheelchair access. And I, that's when I raised it. They said, oh, well, there is another entrance and it's around the back. And I said, so do you see that's discrimination? Do you see that, that mm. having a separate entrance for disabled people... I gave the same examples I did earlier. And someone in the room, who's actually a very nice person, uh, to me anyway, and I like and they're a friend, said, um, oh, I think we're going too far now with that. Yeah. That was the attitude that I got. And I'm guessing they weren't in a wheelchair. No, <laughs> no, no. They're a mental health service user. Yeah. But however, they, they weren't in a wheelchair. And they, they just felt, I think, that we do enough if there's a if there's wheelchair access that we do enough but i challenged it and i said are we going too far though is that is that right are we going too far how do you yeah. think it's fair this is where i raised it so that's what i'm asking really is how far are we prepared to take it how far can we take equality and considering what do we what do we value in humans are we valuing their capacity to walk over you know other things are we valuing how normal they seem and what normal means or are we going to value just the fact that you are here mm. as a person and however that may in whatever form and in whatever cap- capabilities you're as equally valuable as this is middle the, class white guy <laughs> is the bitter truth that equality is completely unattainable though that that can never actually really truly exist i would like to think it can exist and the, what what do we what what's the first order of things when you come to being a human to being a person what's the most what's the most significant thing is it that they meet society's idea of what normal and useful is or I think valuable that, in one way though you could say that the pursuit of equality is also the pursuit of establishing a normality right like that everyone has the same thing or that everyone has the equal thing that everyone's equal everyone's the same everyone's average everyone is normal that's the same as equality in in one way it could be right but do we want everyone to be the same for a start no no definitely not it's not about people being equal then it's about people being given equal equal opportunities equal treatment yeah Uh, i think it's a good question Uh, but i think it's a good question can you treat everyone's inherently different in some way or another everyone's inherently unequal like i could never be like a really good basketball player because i'm five foot eight i'm not born with like an athletic prowess Mm. like i'll never look like look like the hulk Mm. like i can lift weights every single day Mm. i'll never look like the hulk no well you might but should i if you get (laughs) green face paint and stuff yeah but not to that extent i bet people could start guessing oh he's trying to be the hulk 
Yeah. Well, some people are born with certain dispositions towards things which make them better. Yeah. Yeah. Taller. Yeah. Yeah. Faster. Mm. And then some people go through experiences and respond to them completely differently. Like some people suffer and it makes them stronger. Some people suffer and it makes them less able. But because that guy or girl is taller or stronger, mm. doesn't mean that they should get preferential treatment. No. Or fast track to be a basketball player necessarily. No. Same as this person who can't walk easily shouldn't be treated differently because they can't walk as easily. Yeah. They can't they be treated the same? Can't they be can't this person can't we have a ethos that tries to enable this person in a wheelchair to get around as easily as can't we enable this person who has problems with depression and feeling low and getting out of bed? Can't we enable them to try and have as rich and full a life as someone who's not doesn't experience lows of mood all the time? Well, do you think everyone is oppressed? Well, in some way or another. Mm. Um, it's a big debate. It, they are, aren't they? We, we are all oppressed. Mm. Like, even if I wasn't being oppressed for going crazy, I would be oppressed for being who I am in one way or another. How I'm restrained or constrained by the system we live in. Mm. Wealth. We're all oppressed by wealth in one way or another. Even rich people are. Yeah. They'll be like, wow, you've got to pay all these taxes. Finance high These poor people don't even have to pay these taxes. I'm oppressed. And corporations dodging tax. Yeah. Because they're powerful. Well, governments being oppressed by big business or allowing themselves to be. Or facilitating it. Yeah, yeah. That's probably a better way to put it. If you put it, when you put it like that, there's oppression all over and it, 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 go, it takes it very broad. And I think as well, there is a point in saying, the last thing on that list I said was conspiracy theory. Okay. And I think because a lot of people take these discussions as people thinking that all these men, probably white men, probably got into a room, sat down and be like, how can we keep these people down? You know, mm. like it's a, a united front that's calculated, but it's not really, is it? It's just a sort of product of where we've been through history and where we are now. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. We, normalization happens and and conforming to what society's expectations and how we're all conditioned to be a certain way. You walk into a shopping mall, mm. people are milling around shops, maybe some people sitting down, some people walking out with a bag. If you suddenly, because you're having grandiose thoughts and feelings you suddenly take off your clothes and start singing yeah that you may not not, you may not be harming anyone right however that is going to make everyone around you very uncomfortable yeah and and some people so you're oppressing them some people will be scared no no it doesn't conform this person's what this person is doing right now doesn't conform to normality and what what is the consensus, social consensus of what's normal, what's appropriate in the, in in being in a shopping centre? That person is probably going to get the police called or ambulance mm. called. Is probably going to get sectioned in hospital. Is probably you know lots of things are going to happen to that person. Is it because they're a danger or is it because it violates everyone's expectations? Yeah, of how you should act in public, how you need to act in public. Yeah, that's. I don't think that's a conspiracy. No. I don't think that's a conspiracy. I think that's what's going on. That mm. This is what I mean by social oppression. 
society or people cannot accept things that go outside their, you know, what they consider normal, their expectations, their... The whole idea of normal is a problem, I think, that is, like, the myth of average and just the idea of normal. Has anyone really got a comfy chair? Really? Mm. Like, has anyone got the perfect chair? They don't, do they? Everyone's like, yeah, it's all right, it's comfortable, the arms are okay, but the back, I could do a bit more support there, because mm. no one's got a chair made for them. No. They're, they've got chairs made for average people, and average people don't exist. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to conspiracy, I think also that what I do think is slightly conspiratorial is how, and unethical, is how pharmacology Ooh. makes so much money Ooh. from proliferating medications and has a vested interest in diagnoses and the medications to help these diagnoses yeah. being spread and how psychiatry. And this is a whole anti-mental health movement um, argument around this. And sorry for not quoting some of the key thinkers in this area. Who who are, what, like Thomas Shash? Uh, Potentially, (laughs) potentially. Klein rings a bell. Um, That, yeah. Scientology. Psychiatry and pharmacology. Psychopharmacology has a vested interest in pills, people taking their medication, people, people more people having sick. medication. Yeah, um, targets. These, these, these corporations who manufacture pills have targets to meet. They have... Doctors need to be... You know, they're leaned on. Certainly in some places like America, perhaps, they... They're leaned on by manufacturers to medicate this medication because they get better margins and stuff like that. That... That's not conspiracy. That goes on. That's and business. that is... Yeah, this business that is ma- really unethical and in a way yeah. it is a conspiracy to keep people medicated on certain types of medication even if that medication doesn't help them you know it's like no it's more important for the corporation to get more profit and that that is where I get angry I think I'm, I'm right in saying that the FDA needs you to have a diagnosable illness for you to be able to market drugs or sell drugs on the market so you need to create it's like create create the problem or or make something mm. a set of symptoms or a set of things that a person experiences within themselves that involve feelings mood behavior yeah name it something and then provide a treatment for it yeah. where someone can monetize it and make but not a cure <laughs> right don't have a cure yeah. Let's not let's not go too far. We don't want to cure anything. We just want to treat it. Let's well, not cure it. Yeah, you don't want to. That's our market share. And then you get into yeah, exactly market yeah. share. So then it's like when prisons, private prisons, are making money from prisoners. Yeah, it's like well, if you so if you re- try to reduce crime, you're cutting off a, a corporation's gravy train. Or mm. my, oh, that's facetious. You're cutting off their um their margins. You're cutting off their ways of making money. So we need to keep criminalizing stuff we need to keep having criminals and putting them in prison yep um that you know again you talk about conspiracy theories not cocaine though because that's what white people do <laughs> right less less criminalized yeah there's probably i don't know what the crime figures are but there's probably well, like, less prosecution the jail time for cocaine is much lower than the jail time for crack let's say white upper class white middle class party mm. drug yeah so it's like no no like the guy from the Backstreet Boys, I think it was one of those shitty pop bands or shitty NSYNC. Love the Backstreet Boys. Oh, fuck up. <laughs> one of them did cocaine, didn't go to prison. Old day bastard from the Wu Tang Clan, <laughs> Wu Tang Forever, Wu Tang for the Children. Yeah, went to prison for doing some crack. All right, they made an example out of him. Yeah, 
Yeah. And it was about the same time. Because he was sorry. Because he was black. Well, what's the difference? Yeah, yeah. that's the difference, isn't mm. it? Yeah, it's true. Oh, should we have a quick break? I'm going to turn the heater on. I've read about these sort of big functions that pharmaceutical companies put on when they've got new drugs yeah. they're releasing, and how much money they mm. and they still are allowed into NHS services. They like the services allow drug reps to come in and give them stuff like that's still happening today 2018 what do you mean stuff like giving them they come in gifts and they come to like conferences they give them a little stool they give out like jelly beans mm. yeah 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 <laughs> PR stuff yeah PR even leaflets things like that mm. you know market it not scientifically but marketization of people's suffering health yeah suffering yeah it's suffering. And it happens in physical health as well, doesn't it? Like, whatever health you're talking about, these days it seems more about cost efficiency than about what it's actually there for, what it's actually supposed to function towards, which is people's health. So I, read, I read before like, the whole idea of health. Is that even a thing? Mm. Like, is that just a construct for the purposes of capitalism? So here's this thing, health. Yeah. And here are all these products to help you get there. Exactly, yeah. Mm. Whether it's like detox tea. that I mean, no one who really needs a detox is going to get it through tea. But that's a product off the shelf, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I think I think it's much... It's using a medical word, detox. Yes, true. And that, that's influencing people. Mm. But I feel it's, it's more significant when you have <laughs> institutions, yeah. psychiatry... Establishments... Uh, who are who are then influenced by profit making mm. corporations to sell to take their drugs and and give them to people so that they make lots of profit and I then question I think it's then important to i mean how much are corporations regulated? This is the problem this is why we had the crash in they're not two thousand eight and and yeah they're they, too powerful yeah, finan- financial regulation is so atrocious um Uh, from my limited understanding of it and it doesn't actually help and there's all kinds of you know none of the bankers who helped Mm. cause the housing crash in 2008 went to to prison yeah they've got blood on their hands yeah literally yeah well and all the stuff that happened there but that's so that just and the reason i bring that up although it's separate from mental health is that it's still that same dominant ideology and power that's going on capitalist i don't think it is neoliberalism mental health though is it because people who have been put through hell through benefit sanctions mm. are killing themselves. Mm. Like, again, I'm quoting a statistic that I don't even remember properly, but here goes. 26% of people on ESA, Employment Support Allowance, have tried to kill themselves. Correlation doesn't mean causation, but... Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and also, how? yeah, I mean, it's fair to say how many of those people on ESA who would have killed have themselves anyway. are also what? feeling really low and... Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's all and it's, it's complicated. It, yeah, it? it's all in. It's all part of the. It, yeah, it's difficult to say what's caused that, which makes it when when these sorts of I'm things sure operate at a much more nuanced level, it makes it harder to spot and call out. A lot of the times, you only realise in hindsight, when especially when it happens to you personally, mm. especially. Mm. So we, we, you wanted to give some more examples of social oppression. Well, I, I thought in we'd bring. Health. I thought we'd bring back bring the discussion back to yeah. something that's a bit more practical 
practical tangible. and tangible for yeah. people living with mental illness uh, than because we've got very broad and I think it's relevant yeah. to talk about the bigger issues. I think, uh, every, you know, like you were saying earlier about you don't want people to get offended. No one cares if they offend me when they say the words mental illness. No. Cause, and that does offend me. So there is this push, like, got to be PC, like, you can't, you've got to use the right words, blah, 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 mm. that goes out through services and systems from their leaders and stuff, all this messaging that I find really offensive. But yeah. I'll, tol- I'll tolerate it because I, I understand, you know, it's fine. You can think that. I'll think another thing. I'm okay to be offended. I'm free to not be offended just as much as I'm free to be offended. It's a choice. It's, well, not necessarily a choice, but I'll tolerate it. I'm not going to say you can't say that because you offend me. Mm. That's just a crime on free speech. That's how I see it. Yeah. Like, I, you can offend me. That's fine. I don't have to be offended. You say what you want. Mm. You know, I'll be offended by what you say. You can be offended by what I say. But we live in a society. We just tolerate each other. Mm. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. So it works both ways. But apparently it doesn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Language changes, doesn't it? I mean, when I was younger i um colored saying the word colored yeah. was the pc way of describing someone who's black or yeah. particularly black but it could have been asian or, or whatever and now it's much more okay to say black yeah and if but if someone's asian you say asian however you know yeah. i still don't i still don't think like black actually describes someone's color because no. i don't well, know if it is white does it yeah exactly i'm not white because i'm actually a pink well right now i'm slightly you know, blue. Yeah, blue because it's a bit cold in this room. Um, and I don't, I've never yeah. met anyone who's actually black either. So, it, yeah, but it's, it's just how demonstrating how language shifts. So, mental illness, it's like disability. I don't want to say the word disability to anyone now who who I would have formerly called said is uh, right. living with a disability. Yeah, because you rather use impairment yeah, now. Because you would have, or you would have gone up to someone in a wheelchair and been like, "Oh, nice to meet you. You're disabled, are you?" Well, <laughs> no, you? I wouldn't. <laughs> no. but I might describe it in a different way yeah. to them and say, "Oh, what's it like living with that disability?" But mm. I don't feel comfortable using that word now because I feel disability points more to the social oppression. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's brought about anytime you are talking about something that someone can't do you're focusing on what someone can't do mm-hmm. you're not able to do this you are oppressing someone when you could be saying you can do this you you have these strengths you have these skills wellness as opposed to illness yeah to the to the point where we're, we're at this ideal what i see is an, an ideal place of where you're not seeing that at all you're mm. seeing the person a person a being a, someone who is there and who is how and however they come and without considering them this or that because of they're in a wheelchair because they've got mental illness and you're you're just there with them it's that sort of humanistic view mm. on on it really um, yeah i think society and individuals as as well do like to limit like we like to limit ourselves don't we like to say oh, i can't do this because of this mm. whatever it might be like, i can't achieve this because i know i have a limit i feel that's more okay when it's coming from the individual yeah it's people's choice yeah it, but yeah. they're doing themselves a disservice as well because people 
people have achieved things that people, when they said, I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to fly to the moon, I'm going to run 100 miles in, in less than 20 hours, I'm going to do this ridiculous... My astronaut I'm complex. To, like I, I was into this guy, David Goggins, the other day, he broke the record for um, most pull-ups in 24 hours, like 5,000 or something. And, it, and when he said he was going to do that, people were like, yeah, you can't do that. People can't do that. Humans can't physically do that. And he said, nah, like, I can do that. Really and he cool. did it. Yeah. Because he didn't limit himself. It's, yeah. And that's, that's I, yeah, I, mean, it's, I feel it's what's more of a concern to me is when other society, culture, influences, mm. media informs that. I think a lot of that is about safety and security and managing risk isn't it as mm, well yeah like people will sacrifice pretty much every freedom for a feeling of safety and security mm. whether it's like f- because of terrorism whether it's because of the unknown oh, like how can i ex- exist with these problems if they don't have a name and they're not known mm. you know like i will give my agency and autonomy away for an answer you know mm. i'll i'll give my life I'll give my service to these ideas or these rules in exchange for safety and security whose idea of safety and security I mean I'm sorry I this you're getting right into where <laughs> I start to get annoyed not with you <laughs> the, with this risk averse society yes, yes. where it's let the anger flow <laughs> It frustrates me a lot. Yeah, that we we this idea of risk, and the 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 more yeah we have to give up more and more of our free freedom to other people's idea of safety and yeah. other people's arguably all these anti-terrorism laws, all these big brother measures that are coming in, mm. tra- tracking us all the time. Most CCTV in the whole world, etc. Um, because to to protect us from terrorism, whereas the only reason really we're we I feel that there is terrorism is because of neo colonialism and exploitation and selling weapons to other countries and all the you know a bit of religion as well in, industrial well yeah <laughs> I mean the, the industrial military complex and the the relationships between governments corporations that manufacture weapons and then selling them to other countries who then yeah. fight who's then, really funding terrorism well you know it's a big this is the thing and and when when and then we have all the put in all these laws it's like create this public hysteria about an issue and then provide an intervention for it mm. the same people are doing both of those things yeah. and then this intervention is bound to re- restrict freedom have have more policies have more laws yeah. so-called protecting and making people safe when actually i feel it's you, cre- you create a problem and then you create the solution solution at the same just, time just yeah. in the same way that you've got the convenience of you've got depression so the here's answer a, to it must be that drug an that... anti-depressant yeah <laughs> oh how convenient <laughs> yeah, right exactly. oh i've got this thing here's the opposite yeah. well yeah i guess i'll take that yeah oh, makes perfect sense yeah. why wouldn't i <laughs> I mean, who made these things? Oh, people. Oh. The person who yeah. came up with um, the diagnosis of depression. Yeah. You know. One of the problems with these sorts of discussions is language and how certain people take a word and that's different to the person that gives the word, you know. So what a doctor understands the concept of illness as is going to be completely different to the general public. And just trying to define those things so they're not misunderstood is, is really hard to do. Mm. 
I wanted to think of um, real world examples. Well, I think for me, I, I, and I'm quite a, I'm good at hiding. Yeah, I've had a, a diagnosis we of mental are. health. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess we all are. We all wear masks. Well, well said. Yeah, um, uh, going for jobs. I've already mentioned. Yeah. I think that is what, one. What example. when they ask you, have you got any health problems? Yeah, and, it, and how it may count against you, despite and what regulations have been put in place. None. Well, to, yeah, I mean, equal opportunities. There's been laws put in place to try and help people. Yeah, but laws. And you hear of positive discrimination, and yet I still think you can put a law in place. It doesn't change anything, really, does it? Mm. People I have th- to adhere to the law for it yeah. to change something. Yeah, another one, uh, particularly in mental health, is getting benefits. Yeah, for having mental illness, it's more difficult. Yeah, than- I think that's that's a, a, a big problem people find with these sort of discussions is that if you take away those labels labels that people need to be able to get welfare get what they need yeah while living with this impairment then what how do they get those things i think it, it can be done but it's it, it's like a real problem mm. Mm. and that i think that needs to be well, it's a great it goes back to the greater issue of the the system we live in systems we live in in yeah. the world and institutions banking money finance inequality the, these inequalities that we've just sort of touched on today extend way beyond mental health impairments yeah mental yeah. impairments and whatever it goes to it's a societal thing. Yeah, and you talk, we're talking about benefits and getting benefits you need the labels to get the benefits however the, it's, you're like why do we need money <laughs> Well, we could get into my idea of utopia, but that would be a long podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd have to write it down and be more well-prepared than I am today. Um, yeah, but your idea of utopia could be my idea of dystopia. Potentially. Yeah. That would be that would be sad. I'd feel sad about it. So that. have you got examples of when you've gone for a job and and you've felt that? I've been medically retired for my mental illness. Ooh, that um, sounds tasty. Tell I, us, yeah, tell us I, yeah, exactly. I went for a job. I was the best candidate. They offered me the job, and then they found they when they told someone that because I, I wrote on the form of, mm-hmm. about my diagnosis, they went, "Oh, we've got to send you to a specialist up in um, up in London to get tested for this, or to get see someone." And what sort of tests would they? Well, they would. Sure no, it was just an examiner. It wasn't a test. They'd be completely like, objective tests, of course. They didn't surely found. They didn't, didn't stick science. pins in me. Yeah, well, but they <laughs> could have done. They didn't. It was just questions, really. And um, they nearly they nearly didn't give it to me, yeah. and I had to fight. Fortunately, someone I knew encouraged me, and uh, I got the job. And then, but was shortly laid off <laughs> afterwards because they can use that against you for anything that you do that they don't like. Mm. Basically, yeah, that's what people use these things. For, well, isn't the it? thing was, I couldn't actually then do the job <laughs> that I, they employed me to do for a separate reason yeah. and so that's why um, but yeah it wasn't a nice situation I've got one I felt disempowered yeah please what's yours when I got arrested mm. and I got taken to the police station mm. and um, they asked me if I had any health problems and I said yeah crazy blah 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 they are like oh okay crazy well we've got to bring in someone so when we interview you you can understand what they're saying yeah Wow. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, like a consenting adult or something like that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. They had. Yeah. And I rang my friend. I was like, 
a responsible to, adult. Yeah, I yeah. I rang my friend like, can you come down here and be a responsible adult for me? Oh, God. <laughs> and his phone ran out of battery. <laughs> He's not very responsible. <laughs> no. So then I, I had to wait an extra like six hours in the police cell <laughs> for them to bring in some lady to act as one for me. <laughs> some Cause lady. Because obviously, because I'm crazy. How, do I know, how, do you, how did you know she was responsible? Exactly, yeah. Well, they knew that I weren't responsible or that I wasn't responsible. They thought you weren't responsible. Or that I couldn't, I wouldn't be able, there was a chance that I wouldn't be able to understand what they were saying because I had a mental health problem mm. and that is fucked isn't it yeah <laughs> quite frankly yeah like oh i've got all these gcse's which say i can do english to a certain level but I've got this other thing that trumps gcse's oh yeah you can't it's been trumped yeah this so. is trumped i admire you for having that trump what do you mean gcse's I, no no i admire oh. the fact that you've got a You've, you've, what, have, however you would call what you've been through, because I don't even want to call it psychosis. I want yeah. There's many other names for it. We could call it madness. You can call it madness. Yeah. I'd argue it's sa- sanity in some ways. Mm. Let's turn it around. Yeah. I'd say you went sane because this whole world is so fucked up. Yeah. And we're all playing this silly game yeah. with each other. I think I've said this quote on the podcast before, but I think my favourite quote about this thing is, you know, that Jiddu Krishnamurti guy heard his name it's like Gandhi on speed like it if you listen to him he's, he's, he's a badass well I like Gandhi so I think I it, like. people would call him a guru I suppose cool in some ways I'm up for a guru he's always he's like oh have you ever, fear have you ever held it in your hand look at it <laughs> that stuff That's awesome. if you listen to him speak it's like listen to a drug or something but he said this thing it's no measure of health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society, mm. you know? And that's mm. what we're talking about, mm. isn't it? How well adjusted are you to the society you live in if you're not adjusting well or at all, you're ill, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it goes back to society's idea of what's normal, what's yeah. expected yeah. of you. Yeah. yeah, to fit in. To fit in. And the thing is, because social oppression is one part of it, but it's also social exclusion, isn't it? You're saying you can't come in to this circle exactly and a lot of the reasons why people have these problems is because they've already been excluded mm. like the, i think the highest rates of psychosis occur in refugees if you take specific groups it's about being an outsider like if you come into a society that doesn't accept you you're you're part of the you're the out group yeah this is the in group and i think like, that's a lot when i when i heard about that sort of idea I, that got me thinking a lot about what what sort of fed into what i went through and yeah, when I was growing I think everyone experiences it to a certain extent. But when I was in school, I always felt outside and I was always trying to fit in. Mm. And when I went crazy, I was like, I didn't need to do that. I understand I am out. I am crazy. I am different. I'm okay with that. It's good. You know, that's what it was like enlightening in that way. Yeah. And it, yeah. And it, and it, it by sharing it, and this goes on to my, our final point, or it's what people can do about it and all the other forms of social oppression. Anti-stigma campaigns, right? There's anti-stigma. No, but <laughs> you're doing it now, yeah. what I think we can mainly do about it, and that is talk about it and show that it's okay to be different. Yeah. But talk talk about it in a way and to those... See, not everyone's receptive to this. No. There are many, many people, people, I think, would listen to this and get so defensive and so worked up and angry. Why do you think that is? They're because they're so embedded yeah. within that dominant discourse dominant ideology that everyone's accepted maybe not consciously because they're not aware of alternatives yeah that sort of narrow perspective and that's what psychosis or going mad gave me 
is it opened my perspective. It opened up my mind to yeah. w- what's happened. Well, not only what has happened to me and what ex- my experiences meant. It took what my experiences meant and cha- changed my perspective on all yeah. of it. Because you break through what you thought was originally possible with your mind. It, yeah. it, it, you made, it made you realise, well, it did for me, what the mind is capable of, what my mind is capable of. Terence McKenna said... Terence McKenna said... The drug man. <laughs> well, he said, he had some wisdom. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, Culture is our operating system. Mm. And what we can do about it is consider... All of us consider what is culture, what is it doing, what does the new, what do newspaper articles do or headlines, what does media do, what's BBC News do, what does pharmacology do when we hear about new drugs and what consider what's it, what's it doing, not just what it says and following it or not, what what it's, it's maintaining an established idea hmm. or furthering the belief in it, yeah, right, yeah, and I think. Going crazy, in a sense, mm. if that's what we want to call it. Going sane set us free from that. Set me free. Yeah. To it's s- like a shedding of the skin. Like we were talking about earlier when we weren't recording about the idea of resurrection. <laughs> now that is a fundamental story. It's not just something that's... It's in every single religion. It's an archetype. It's an archetypal story Star- that, yeah. that hits us deep. Yeah. Because we all want to change. We all, we all want to get want better. To, we want to be we reborn. We all want to grow out of ourselves and, yeah. and, and yeah. Reborn is, a, yeah. And that, well, that's why I think it psychosis was, rebirth, was being <laughs> like reborn. Yeah. Sounds a lot more hippie than I like to be, but. <laughs> I like it. Though. I like it's it. It's true. You're yeah. talking my language now. Yeah. Reborn. It was a freedom. And people can't comprehend that when I tell them. Let's, let, what? I need to end. <laughs> Why? To stop. Because <laughs> Spurs have kicked off. Oh, shit. Okay, let's go like five more minutes. Okay. All right. Oh, sorry to stop. So you, you were saying about... You were ambitious when you said do this at 10 o'clock and get back. It kicks off at 12. Yeah. What the fuck? It's supposed to be 12.5. Sorry, sorry to anymore. kill you. All right. You're going to have to cut this bit. So I think you were saying about... <clears throat> Leave it in, it'll be funny. How, how people need to fight to challenge it because people who are in power aren't going to give it up. i got a cheeky little Martin Luther King quote here. Okay. Because it is like a, a right struggle. Right, it? break it out. He said, freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. So uh, it's all right to piss a few people off, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To get freedom. Yeah, because it is, it is a right struggle, isn't it? Like, we should have certain rights which we aren't allowed to have. When, when you're an agitator, though, when, yeah. you, when you are an agitator... In, That's what you always accuse me of being. Well, I'm an agitator, too. I'm just yeah. a bit diff- you're, a bit more, you're a bit more direct with yeah. your agitation. I haven't got time, Don. I haven't got time. <laughs> I, this, but this is the thing. You, I, I struggle with it, being an agitator. I have to do it. I, yeah. get, I get worked up when I see unfairness, when I see people being morally cowardly yeah i'm not not you know i feel that to be ethical to be moral to be to do the right thing is takes courage yeah against if 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 risk aversion means harm comes to people if not asking the right questions or not saying the what needs to be said means harm oppression inequality then i i will always err on the side of say it even if you get in trouble even if you offend someone even if you end up losing your job even if you yeah because i've had because you've got to look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day haven't you yeah. you've got to be able to look at yourself and say 
What am I here I, for? Yeah. Why am I here? Why have I been through all this? <laughs> Why have I been through all this? If if I can't, yeah. if I, it's made you who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a, f- a few years ago when I asked you to be in another film, you were like, "Now I want to forget that." Go on. What's your point? Well, I don't think you can to put that in a nice little tidy box and leave it behind. It's denying what's made you who you are. It is a part of you. You can't ever escape that. No, you my... have to accept that it's part of you, and it's and for better or worse, I'd say better. It's made you who you are. I'm. I'm. No. I've been the reason. One of the reasons I did that. And you're right. Yeah. And at the same time, is because I wanted. I wanted other people's idea of credibility. Yeah. When I come back as a doctor, and then I say you're so fucking wrong. <laughs> I've got. In their eyes, credibility. I can say I've been mad. I've gone mad. I've I've been written that, off. That gives society, you credibility. Society has yeah to you, hmm. but society in that moment of being diagnosed textbook bipolar one, I've been written off by an awful lot of people and yeah. a lot of institutions. I have. I don't care what anyone tries to tell me. Yeah, I know I've been true, written yeah. off, and yet doing the degree, doing becoming a chartered psychologist doing other people's idea of what makes me a better human mm. and, a, and a more valuable human mm. and ha- whose opinion is respected, I can then go back to the mad <laughs> and say, this is it. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. I've, done, I've conformed. I've done what you think. I've re- reached a certain level and this is my view. Let's listen to the crazy. We can't have this hierarchy in mental health let's keep it to mental health at the moment mm. we can't have this hierarchy where a psychiatrist who spends six years doing a doctor biological training mm. like a, 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 men, a men, medical model training cutting up frogs and shit spends a year specialising in psycho psychiatry doing a bit of psychology or however many couple of years maybe and then is our is our clinical lead an expert on mental illness that is, a, that is a sorry state of affairs. Yeah. It's a sorry state of affairs. The person that needs to be leading mental health in the UK needs to be those experiencing mental health. Bam. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Should we end it there then? Yeah. That seems like a good place to end it. All right. I've said my bit. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This has nothing to do with coffee.